The Lightning Fast Fantasy Podcast, sponsored by the Lockdown Defense Podcast Network, is our weekly show that is dedicated to giving our fan base our educated opinions on the best fantasy football strategy in standard leagues, PPR, and dynasty leagues. We are not guaranteeing you will win anything by our advice, but if you do, we want our cut. Enjoy the show. my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders welcome to lightning fast fantasy podcast i'm your host coach defense alongside the real alex givens we are the most dominating fastest most game-changing fantasy football podcast on the news and views and the airways you that is the sports talk world listen man we are here to bring you a very special show today Friday at 11 a.m it is live and direct we are getting ready to embark on the nfl season in less than a week and uh, for those that haven't had drafted already, this is our special draft show that we're going to get you ready and get you primed and ready to win your fantasy football league and your drafts this weekend. So if you have not drafted yet, you want to pay attention to this podcast especially because we are here to give you the best advice you can possibly find when it comes down to chasing that ring, chasing that trophy, chasing that belt, chasing that money. And we're going to give you the advice that you need to draft a good team. The real Alex Givens, how you doing out there? Good, sir. What is happening? What up, Coach? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to do our little draft show here on the uh, Lightning Fast Fantasy Pod. And, you know, chop a little shop on on fantasy football, man. I'm, I'm Jack. Ready to go. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and between the two of us, you know, in the amount of leagues that we play in each year, listen, you're not going to get it. It's not going to get any better than this. 
Not going to yeah, get any yeah. better than this. So uh, we're going to get into a draft strategy show. We're going to tell you uh, our best tips and advice on what we feel like is going to be your best strategy going into the draft, what your mindset should be going into the draft. We're going to talk about the best advice when it comes down to player types. We're also going to talk about uh, what type of players, uh, position-wise, you should draft. And we're going to give you our top 10 list of who, who we think are can't miss uh, prospects and people that you should draft uh, early. Um, and then we have some sleepers for you as well. Um, so we break that down. And then we're going to give you our advice from my perspective from the Standard League. Alex is going to do PPR and, and a little bit of dynasty advice at the end. So uh, so we'll get right into it. We're going to start off with our best advice strategy. So here's our topic base. We're going to get into that <clears throat> first and foremost. Like I said, what's your best 2023 pre-draft strategy? What's your mindset should be going into the draft? Uh, positional advice, um, what type of players you should be looking for? Then we'll get on our top tens, five best sleepers, and uh, dynasty and keeper league advice as we wrapped it up the show. So, Mr. Givens, let's uh, yeah. let's talk a little shop here. So, <laughs> when yeah. it comes down to, like I said, Alex is mainly going to be the PPR guy. I'm going to be mainly the standard league guy. So, what do you feel like is your number one uh, advice to give a person when they're starting to draft? Like, right before you get into your actual drafting of, you know, the, literally the, when you log into the draft board, what is your philosophy going into your draft? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, obviously a, a very important, th- I mean, people that go into fantasy drafts, absolutely blind, uh, you know, you, you need to reassess what you're doing. <laughs> uh, just might want to put a little thought into it. Just a little, uh, you know, just a little. and just a preface for our, our viewers here. I mean, I, uh, I am one of those guys that can't say no, which means I'm in uh, seven leagues. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I got to prep a little bit just so I don't uh, look like an idiot in any of them. But, you know, I take more of the motto of uh, the more I'm in, the uh, better probability I got to win at least one. So not a bad philosophy <laughs> but, at all. You know, not a bad philosophy. But, uh, but, I mean, that being said, I the number one thing for me, and I, I mean, really I think for any fantasy player uh, is, you know, especially if it's a league that you've been in for a while, it's always good to know your league, you know, and if it's, you know, I've been some that I've been in for 10 plus years and, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, those are the leagues that the mock draft, they never go any, anywhere close to how mock drafts go when you do it, uh, you know, prepping for it. Like, you know, half of the guys are, they're going to take a running back first round, regardless. You got the one idiot who's going to, you know, do something like I had a guy last night, take <laughs> B. John Robinson, number one overall through the whole board in the tizzy, but uh, you know, you kind of identify who those guys are. And um, I mean, that's, I to me, rule number one and and how to assess where your your draft is and you know what guys are going to target. And then you kind of get a better idea of where people are going to be around your pick. Um, and that kind of helps you, um, you know, map out option A, B, and C for when that ludicrous uh, overreach comes from someone or or something like that. So, I mean, Rule number one for me is like know your know your league. Might sound you know kind of elementary, but uh, I mean that's a, a pretty solid basis for for your pre draft strategy is to know what guys are gonna do you know when it's game time. Yeah, it's kind of like scouting tendencies when you're playing football, right? You you kind of want to know what yeah. their tendencies are going into it, so you know what they what they're trying to do or what they plan to do going into yeah. it. So yeah, I like that strategy. I think my number one thing would be to understand where you're drafting. Um, each round um, strategy changes based upon you drafting in the front end of the draft, the middle, which I love drafting in the middle. I'm a, I love drafting. I'm, a, I'm an ends guy, baby. You're an edge guy. 
Oh yeah, I'd rather take the uh, you know getting the back to backs. Okay. And, okay. You know, benefit from some overreach or someone falling or something like right. that. Yeah, I, I think I've had my more success in, in writing the smack dab in the middle because you're not you're not reaching for the stud and then waiting and you know or you know you right right in that middle we can get really good solid you know uh, overall talent. So I think that's the biggest thing for me. But again, your draft strategy changes if you're drafting in the first part of the draft, the back end, or in the middle. Um, understanding mm-hmm. that you know uh, you probably will start a trend drafting in the back end of the draft. Because you know, if you go hypothetically, you go wide receiver, wide receiver, and then run it, then run on running backs, and then you're the first person to take the first elite quarterback, and then that, then you snake around and come back and get a receiver. You know, maybe stack a guy, especially if you want to do like a a Jamar Chase and a Burrow stack, for instance, if that if that if that oh, yeah. is available to you. So that kind of thing. So um, you know, where you drafting at matters is is my first is more first and most important tip. Where you drafting that matters because again, you're you're if you got the first overall pick. I mean, you kind of know that you're drafting once, and then you got to wait. You know, at least the 10, 12, 14, 15, maybe 20 it's picks. A minute. Yeah, it's you a make minute. that pick and kick your feet up, dude. Exactly. You're, you're posted. Exactly. Just so, watching. Right. So it could be it could be benefit to getting that good, you know, that number one overall guy, but then you're waiting until you know they comes back around for two rounds to get to your pick. Yeah. And then you're picking back to back. But you know, I think you know that, that last spot is a good is good barometer too. But yeah, I like to be right smack down in the middle. I think I I get I get the most hay with the leagues I'm in, right smack dab in the middle. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, yeah, I, I, uh, there's definitely benefits from all. I mean, I think the worst picks are like when you're kind of out of the middle, but you know, the later of the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I've always been like an edge guy just for like the reason of if someone's dropping or, or, you know, there's a run on something else, I can kind of take advantage of it. But, you know, to your point, um, you know, where I'm talking about knowing your league, like, uh, you know, knowing where you're drafted too is like, a, it kind of goes hand in hand with that. Cause you know, if I know I'm in a 12 man league, like for example, the, the one I've been in the longest is 12 man league. And if I know that I'm picking 11 or 12, the likelihood of me getting a running back is slim to none because yeah. doesn't matter where people are ranked, uh, you know, pick one through 11 are going to take every running back imaginable. And then, right. Like last year I had to reach, I think for Javante Williams, just to give myself a running back. But like in that mm. situation, then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I, I go into it. Like I'm just going to take two elite wide receivers and just run with and take advantage of all these guys passing up, you know, uh, someone who would ideally go in the first round, uh, and you're, you know, based off ADP or, or how mocks kind of play out or, you know, your run of the middle league, and then, uh, just kind of have to figure out how to recoup that later. But I mean, it definitely, I think those two things kind of go hand in hand because, you know, it's, it's better to be able to map out your plan when you know, know who you're drafting against and, and know where you're at. Right. Yeah, so for my second one, I will say that another big uh, point of uh, emphasis is don't chase the brass ring. You know, I you, in, that, in, in that regard, what I mean is that uh, just because it's, uh, you know, the the highest rated person on the board doesn't necessarily mean it's going to fit in to your strategy, right? You know, if this is a, if this league or this particular year is trending towards wide receivers being dominant, but the, the first guy off the board is a, is a running back. You might want to think about drafting value valuable wide receivers versus, uh, you know, running backs next trend, and don't follow the trend either. If just because you know there's a yeah. run on running backs, if you're not in love with a pick at that particular point when you're drafting, 
Go go with the best available. Go with the best talent available. Don't draft based upon what's falling to you because again, you have you have multiple rounds to get to. You know, you're looking at 12 to 16 rounds in certain cases um, that you got to draft players. You got to fill out a whole entire roster. And it's not just about the top end of the draft. You know, so I think that's my most biggest glaring second piece of advice that I want to give folks. What do you have? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I kind of mentioned my second one in the uh, mixed in with the first, first one. one. But, right. Yeah, right. I, I tend to do that from time to time. But my, I mean, the second one I put down was, you know, don't put too much stock in, in your mock drafts, <laughs> which I know for a fact I did mention. But Right. Uh, I mean, I, I think there's too many people that um, you know fall victim to running millions of mock drafts, which I, I'm not going to sit here and deny that I don't do that. You know, sit you know, sit around and run a quick mock, but right. uh, I I found that as time goes on, I don't like I used to do mock drafts and think, ooh, I'm gonna, if the, if I get this team, that's like that's awesome, and then I think like, oh, that's going to be remotely the team I'm going to get, and it never plays out that way. Because, right. um, you know, so many human elements to the real draft that it's just never going to work. But, um, you know, as time's gone on and I've become a more fine-tuned fantasy player, you know, I, I tend to use mocks now to, like, identify the four likeliest guys that are going to be around in my pick. And then I kind of, like, as the boards fall and I know, okay, well, I'm sitting here, really the, it's either two – higher end running backs, you know, the third round that have fallen off or a receiver. Uh, and I'm like, well, I know later on, you know, like these players are going to be around barring some unforeseen circumstance. So I can kind of, you know, solidify this position over the other and stuff like that. So um, that's kind of always been my, my strategy now is just don't go crazy on the box, but do them to know, you know, where guys are going to fall, especially, you know, if you can do them like the thing I love about sleeper, right. Is they'll like, they'll, they, you can run mocks based on your settings. So, you mm-hmm. know, it values guys better. Whereas like going to do it on ESPN or something, it's just some random ass lobby that half of them get in and auto pick anyways. So right, it's like, right. you know, um, like if you can get a, like use sleeper or maybe some of these other outlets that, probably put a little more effort into it uh certainly helps you kind of identify the little crop of players that will be around every when your pick comes up understood understood yeah yeah i think um i think i'm gonna kind of combine my three and four uh a particular uh draft pre-draft strategy advice uh tips and say that um i would say to understand the trends um and where the, the league is going as a whole like if you i mean clearly you, if you're a fantasy football player i would like to believe you watch football right so understand how the league is 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 being is trending, right? You know, is it you know because I think when I first started playing fantasy football, you know, years ago, it was more running back dependent. You know, the running backs were king, wide receivers were lower tier. They kind of were meshing with the tight ends, and the quarterback was secondary. And the defense, depending on how your league is scored, the defense was very paramount too, especially you know before the rules change. So I think that particular aspect of it, um, you know, that and understanding that and understanding what the uh, league values today. I mean, we can go back into the conversation about how running backs are being devalued versus wide receivers being, uh, you know, targeting quarterbacks, getting all the money. So, you know, that's, that's generally where offenses are going to trend as well from a schematic perspective. So I would look at that and understand that uh, that's probably the best bet to see exactly where the league is trending and who's doing the, the, the producing. I think that's what, where it boils down to. So I think that's what you need to do as far as uh, drafting is to prioritize that um, and get that in in your uh, on your roster before anything else. And again, like I said, to go back to my original point, don't overreach for anything. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think kind of piggyback off of that <laughs> a little <laughs> bit, the overreaching. Uh, you know, I put that my, my third one is, it is kind of the golden rule that I live by. I mean, barring, barring some, some unforeseen circumstance or something, but, uh, you know, I always you're drafting a running back or wide receiver first round. Uh, you know, I I'm not a. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've absolutely drafted uh, Mahomes or uh, Kelsey in the first round just because I knew that was you know knowing your league. I knew if I wanted to ride with one of my Chiefs players, like the two that you would want in fantasy, I was going to have to do a first round grab. Right. Um, but you know, the time I did take Mahomes in the first round, it was later and I caused a running back or a QB run. So then mm. I kind of, you know, benefited, but I'm always going into the draft of like, I am not taking a tight end. I am not taking a quarterback in the first round. I'm coming out of it with, you know, one of the elite running backs or one of the elite receivers. And, you know, I'll, I'll kind of recoup in that department later on. Right. Yeah, I think that I think that only really benefits you to pick up a quarterback uh, in the in the in the draft in the first round if you're the if you're in a deeper league, fourteen man hypothetically, right? And uh, you've got you've had a run oh, on the super flex, yeah, yeah, things of that nature. So you if you're drafting fourteen, then you know uh, you know Jamar Chase, Justin Justin Jefferson, you know uh, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, all Derrick Henry, all those guys are gone, and yeah. you, and you, your best value is That's to get tough. yeah, that's right. <laughs> It's the, your best value is to get a, you know a dominant quarterback because again you're not sure about the running backs and you would get more value at that pick picking a quarterback than you would as a picking a running back or wide receiver that's lower tier. So I yeah. think that that particular aspect can benefit you as well. It just depends on how to how the draft falls and where you picking. That goes back to our original points where you pick at matters too exactly because you know if everybody if you got 13 players go ahead of you and they're all running backs and wide receivers and they're all top end. And yeah. the next guy down isn't going to produce as much as like a, a Burrow or Allen or Herbert or Mahomes. And I just Why go not? ahead and go ahead and take them, especially when yeah. you will sneak around and be able to get a running back or wide receiver in the next pick anyway. I would definitely pull a trigger on that. Yeah. And that well, and that's, that's, and that's, that's why I kind of think that, uh, you know, that plays off of your, uh, you know, don't overreach. I mean, right. that circumstance, like, and knowing how the, knowing your board, right? Or knowing how they're going to draft. I mean, totally acceptable situation to do that because, it's like otherwise you're shooting yourself in the foot, missing out on elite QB play as well. Right. Um, but you know, traditionally, I've just that's always been like my golden rule. Although I say like I have, I have not always. You've done it, it. <laughs> right? You've done it. But but, uh, but I mean, traditionally, at least in tight end and QB, I feel like there's not as big of a drop off, you know, from QB one. I mean, one down to fifteen, maybe even. As, as there is from, you know, running back one down to 15 or even deeper if you're going two running backs here. So, mm-hmm. you know, I it's always like it's better to not overreach at those positions in the first round unless, you know, you have to because um, because you're going to get value just as just as well down down the road. And then you're not the guy who, you know, took Mark Andrews because you because you missed out on Kelsey because you went into it wanting Kelsey or something. Like I had to have a, I, I locked in. I, had, I was, you know, during the headlights, I had to take a tight end there and Kelsey was gone. So the next best thing. Right. Yeah. Now yeah. you got to pivot. I mean, I'm, like, and Kelsey is probably the only one to, I'd say adequately consider as a valid first round pick, because I mean, especially most leagues now are either half or full point PPR. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's going to get 20 targets a game. Right. So like, 
right. mean, it's essentially taking the wide receiver one for the the, the highest scoring offense in the NFL the last I mean, you know, yeah, and, yeah, three four years. So I mean, big facts. I, you spin it that way, it looks like a nice piece of cake, you it know. <laughs> but if you spin <laughs> right. it up like you're taking a tight end in the first round. I don't know about it. Right. So there you yeah, go. That's both ways, but it, yeah. it does. It definitely does. So yeah. So I think uh, I think my fourth point uh, would be that uh, understand how your league is scored because uh, you know the commissioner set different rules and different priorities and and they prioritize different things. Um, I mean I mean two leagues that score uh, offense traditionally the same and then they score defense totally different. So you know when you prioritize things and how you draft, it is that will dictate exactly what's uh, what's valuable. You know because some people do you know let's say hypothetically some people do twenty points a a, yard, a point for for twenty yards a poor point for a quarterback. Some people do twenty five. Uh, some people do you know most people do ten yards for wide receiver running back. But some five some people do five some people do fifteen. So it just really matters how your league is scored. So and yeah. if your running back is more valuable in certain cases in your settings and your scoring. Uh, I would prioritize that position more, more, more so than the standard positions because, again, you get we make more hay, make more points with running backs because they score more often than wide receivers yeah. hypothetically based on based on how the how the, how the settings are made. Well, so, yeah, so, like it's, I'd say in standard leagues too, right? Like, yeah. I mean, standard leagues it kind of almost levels the playing field in terms of running back value with with wide wide receivers because. You know they're not getting the added benefit of every catch they get as, as some kind of added point to it. So right, I mean, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're not factoring touches and actual you know points per reception. You know that 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 matters again. How much yardage you are counting, and then who you're drafting matters too. Because I would like to believe that if I looked at it from a perspective of Jamar Chase versus Kenneth Walker, just use an example, right? I would mm-hmm. value Kenneth Walker getting more yards on a regular basis than Jamar Chase because Absolutely. again, you're not counting receptions. So the likelihood yeah. of, of Kenneth Walker getting 100 yards or averaging 100 yards a game versus Jamal averaging 100 yards a game matters. Mm-hmm. So you got to look at it yeah. from that perspective too. Because you got to – I mean, it's from a speaking from standard league scoring perspective, right, like mm. there's always – a receiver is always going to have one game where they may have six catches, but they're going to have, you know, 30 yards. Right. And, right. I mean, that and no touchdowns or anything. None. PPR – PPR league, whether half or full, I mean, that's at least a 10-point game. That's an adequate outing for someone in your lineup. But standard league, that's like maybe three points. There you go. <laughs> and, and like, difference. That's that's not good. Right. Because then you got Kenneth Walker who's got, you know, 20 touches for 30 yards and a touchdown. Or, you know, because he got some goal line stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, way more points than three. So, <laughs> right. You know. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I absolutely agree that it's, I mean, you got to know how you're scoring it, how it's scored. And um, I mean, that's certainly places of value on certain positions are kind of changes your strategy um, in terms of like how you go. Like if you go watch the ESPN fantasy football show, I mean, for the most part, those guys are talking about PPR because that's what yeah. everyone does. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, if you go try to hit the the main channel outlets, like, they're all coming at it from like the run of the mill basis. And, you know, most leagues now I'm, I'm like, I'm in seven. I don't think any seven has scored the same way. So, right, you right, know, right. Everyone's so all wanting to one. tweak it. That's a big one for you then, because you got to understand per draft, how it's scored and who you prioritize and who you value based upon that. Yeah. Oh so yeah. That, that's huge for you. I mean, you're, you're a lot of leagues. So yeah, that's definitely a lot of strategy and a lot of that's different, tough, different man. draft strategies per draft. Like it's literally one draft strategy per draft. Yeah. That's crazy. 
told you, I'm like, I like, I like, I put on Twitter, dude. I'm like, I'm like Charlie at Always Sunny, like trying to figure out, you know, who is Pope Pepe Silva, right, right, you know, this, with all these seven drafts. I'm like, who is this guy? Is right. he on my team? Which one? There you, <laughs> you go. Know? There you go. So, what would be your most uh, uh, added adequate advice at this level since uh, we got through the first three or four uh, segments? Yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, the, the other two in terms of kind of thinking about drafting and, you know, I think most, I think the first three we've talked about were, you know, obviously a little more geared towards the early rounds of the draft or starting it off. Um, I mean, and these ones might seem a little dumb, straightforward, um, but I would say, you know, one is I, once I get into a later round, I'm all about, I pursue, pursue value above all else. So, yeah. you know, if someone's fallen and he may be hurt, like, Jonathan Taylor, for example, all the mm. stuff that came out in a mock up to uh, this point, he was, um, you know, going first round, maybe second because of the prospect that, oh, he'll, he's going to play week one. Mm. But now, you know, we know that he's not and he's right. going sixth, seventh, maybe even later, depending on, you know, how stubborn people are. So to me, that's like a huge value, right? Later in later rounds. Uh, and definitely one that I would consider taking over, um, you know, like, a, and I'm, I'm talking more like those later, like middle rounds is kind of mm -hmm. where I'm like more about the value. Then when I get into the later stuff, late, late rounds, I'm usually drafting a kicker and a defense, you know, the last right. two rounds. And then right. I'm looking for who's the youngest dude that's like, you know, going to maybe get a bite of the apple. So, you know, chasing upside players later of like unproven guys or guys in new systems that were like systems needing someone else to mm -hmm. come in and take a target share. Yeah. That's where like you, that. that's where you're good to know your rookies when those later rounds. Yes. Rookies yeah, that have a high upside, like you said. Yeah. Like, and I mean, and the crazy thing, and maybe it's just, uh, maybe it's just the fact that, um, you know, there was just so many wide receivers that like went, I feel like first, second round here. It's like, I feel like in a lot of later rounds of the draft, there's like so much boom potential in, especially in wide receivers um, because there's just so many rookies that like are, you know, you don't know how they're going to work into the fold, but you know, at least one or two's got to gotta hit. You know, gotta gotta hit. Gotta hit. So, right. you know, that's kind of chasing fool's gold there, but. Uh, I mean, it, there's just a lot of upside in taking younger players mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, got a chance to pop than taking like uh, Michael Thomas or something. Yeah. And when you don't know what he's going to be off of injury. So that that's great advice as well. I do like yeah. that. Um, yeah. So I think this is wild because I was sitting here reading my last one. Right. And this is actually, you know, to get out, I probably got out the, the basis and the general stuff that you should definitely follow holistically. But this one is a really good one. Now, I would say for my best, my last and most and probably the best tip is to understand that it's better to draft a well-rounded team than just stars. And, yeah. and what I mean by that is this, is because I've seen people win with this strategy, but it's not a sustainable one in most aspects. Is where you have, you reach for three good guys and you draft a bunch of, you know, yeah. hit or miss guys after that. And you're basically being carried by your quarterback and with your star running back. Like hypothetically, I, I'll go harken back way back to like 2006, right? When yeah. I had a Damian Thompson and Drew Brees, when Drew Brees was the first year with the Saints, right? He was killing, and mm -hmm. Damian Thompson won MVP that year. So I literally yeah. rolled a Damian Thompson and Drew Brees all the way to the championship. But yeah. guess what? Had Drew Brees all the Damian Thompson got hurt in any stretch, guess I'm what done. would happen? I'm done. 
I'm yeah. done. So your best bet is to draft a more well-rounded team and a balanced team and have good depth versus just picking three stars and rolling with it. Like, prime example, a guy they drafted with us last week, I don't think he realized this, but he drafted both San Francisco wide receivers in late, in, in between, in, you know, in top and the bottom of the draft. So he has yeah. Ayuk and Debo Samuels. I'm like, that's not going to work out too well. Somebody's going to no, somebody's going to starve. Mean, somebody's going to starve in that in that model. Nobody, they're both not going to produce. It's not going to happen. So, no. yeah. So you got to look at it from that perspective. So well-roundedness is 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 my biggest, most uh, uh, advantageous advice is to have well-rounded teams and draft uh, for good quality over over just the big time names. Just don't get my homies and Kelsey expect to win. You know, because no, again, no, it's not going to happen. No, it never. I mean, it might every once a, every once a few years, but that's right. not, like you said, not a sustainable model and at all. I, I'm certainly more of a, you know, I'm I'm there with you in like a a well-rounded team of, um, you know, and I always kind of draft the same. Like I don't usually, I guess depends on the QB, but like usually I only draft one QB. You know, mm-hmm. I try to make sure I got six at least six running backs and wide receivers and, you know, six of each that I know are going to be involved somehow, <laughs> you know, right. um, unless there's like a keeper component to the league. And then I might be taking someone who might not be involved this, this year, but, you know, might pop off in the last four weeks. And, mm-hmm. you know, then I just say, yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like, so, like having, a, having two running backs where one guy's younger and he's going to take the reins next year. Or, you know, take the Chargers, for instance. Let's say, hypothetically, you pick up Isaiah Spiller as a keeper because you know he's going to be the only running back on the roster after this year. So he might be, you know, the primetime guy. So it might be worth keeping him for the late-round pick, you know, in a keeper yeah. situation. So like, so. Yeah, I, I'm in one league that does keepers, you know. And, um, like, I I took uh, Pacheco, I think. Uh, actually, no, I didn't take him because it's like a lot of Chiefs fans. So I know Pacheco mm-hmm. got drafted, but they mm-hmm. dropped him. And oh, so okay. I picked him up. Uh, and, I kept, and I kept him. Uh, be, I mean, but I picked him up after you know he, I think, was hurt, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Well, I mean, he might come back and pop off." There you go. And uh, you know, it, and like the year before that, I, um, you know, I kept Terry McLaren because I picked him up off of waivers because he kind of just came out of nowhere as a rookie, right? And, and you know, rode uh, got to keep him two years at, you know, the seventh or thirteenth round, and then a tenth round pick. You know, is it? for a guy that was going first, second round. So, or not for, you know, second, third round. Right. But, you know, that's kind of, those are things to consider too um, in terms of, but if that's how your league plays out, I mean, that's, that is a component to the well-rounded team, right? Versus mm-hmm. taking like, you know, some old guy, like some old washed up name who, you know, like a Jarvis Landry or something last right. year. Like they could like, oh, well, he's in New Orleans. He's going to pop off. And I don't think mm-hmm. he did anything. He didn't you do know? anything last year. I love Jarvis Landry, but it's just hard. I feel like it's hard for, you know, it's hard to chase the name versus the like potential or there's the production that's out that's, there. That's a piece of advice too. Don't chase names. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly victim of it at times. But. Yeah, I think we all <laughs> done it at certain stretches. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everyone does. Because right? I, I, ch- I chased Julio Jones way too long before he started to decline, so I get it. He let yeah. me down a few years before I had to stop drafting them all together. I know but, I drafted him in one, you know, like, oh, I'm like, oh Brady's going to bring him back. Brady brings every guy back, you know, just right. when you think they're done, boom, you know, and they're Randy had, Moss. So I was he, like, and Julio's he was about a, to have 2,000 yards. Right. <laughs> and then he was on a I milk carton for the whole year. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think the first game he had like he looked okay, and then yeah, just, and then that was it. Just fizzled out. Which hey. dude, love Julio Jones, but yeah, I mean, I feel like especially receivers, like older receivers, it's hard. It is to go somewhere else and get into the mix. 
you know, just just because of how it's like it's always they're always drafting receivers, they're always pumping ball the ball to the younger guys, right? So, yep. but yeah, no, I I mean I it's definitely uh, I think between the five that you covered and I covered, I think that's a pretty uh, you know pretty decent <laughs> pretty good strategy. You need yeah. like tips you know to follow going in, and, I, and I'm sure it's something a lot of guys do, but you know I think it's always good to kind of think about it too and like talk it out indeed it gives you a better sense oh yeah yeah definitely detail it better so they understand exactly what we mean when we say these certain things are vital yeah <clears throat> all right so let's move over to topic two let's talk about uh positional advice um what type of players should you be looking for this year and this could change year to year like well, i harken back to the example i used about running backs being king when i first started playing fantasy football but then now it's filtered towards more wide receivers and and uh quarterbacks Right. Um, yeah. if, and if your name is not Travis Kelsey, you just, you know, that's the only person that's like a receiver in a sense in this production. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, yeah. But yeah so, yeah. So, from a, like I said, you know, when just to give you a, a brief, if you kind of catch this in the middle, you know, Alex is the PPR guy, I'm the standard league guy. So, like, when we start with quarterbacks, what do you prioritize from a quarterback perspective? Do you, are you traditionally looking for a pocket passer first, a, a runner, a dual threat guy? You know, yeah. a person, their, their offense they run, does it, you know, in particular, what what do you prioritize when it comes to quarterbacks? Yeah, it, I, I mean, I guess to preface all of this, you know, this little topic we're on in terms of looking at each position group specifically, I mean, like my overall assessment on how I value or what I'm looking for in a position is kind of a three-pronged process because, you know, obviously depends on where I'm picking. Right. Uh, Cause like, you know, like if I know I'm later in the draft, some of my leagues, I know I'm missing out on running back. So I'm definitely not going to be valuing that as much early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, also depends on like how it, how it kind of falls as it starts. Um, mm-hmm. But, but um, you know, in like quarterbacks, you know, I, I already talked, I, I gave my golden rule of never taking one in the first round. Right. Um, right. But I do always go into the draft kind of, um, you know, because I would say a lot of, I think a lot of fantasy players kind of take that approach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm always, I try to go in third, fourth round. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that. Probably not Mahomes, uh, but like Allen Hurts, Burrow, mm-hmm. Herbert. I'm looking yeah. at you know those. So, yeah. so honing on guys. that group. So honing that group. Let's so let's say hypothetically you had your pick of those of all the quarterbacks that you wanted to outside of Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Let's say Mahomes out of it. But so do you prioritize? So you got a pick between Burrow, Herbert, Hurts, and Fields. Mm-hmm. What, from from a player perspective, like who would you value more so in today's NFL versus you know previous Josh years? Allen. Josh Allen. Okay, so was that for his his, his running the up rushing ability? touchdowns? Yeah, right. So you he you value dual threat more so. Like, you look at Buffalo, right? Like everyone's huge on James Cook this year. Right. But like, there's a reason <laughs> Buffalo didn't make it a re, a priority to go draft or sign a you know bell cow type running back because they don't need one. Right. <laughs> and Josh Allen gets just as much rushing touchdowns in the red zone as you know as a as a running back would. And so to me, when you couple that, knowing that kind of the running scheme is somewhat planned around him um, on top of like, you know, he's, he's got an arm and you know, he's productive with the weapons he has. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be the one I would value 
more versus like a Hertz. I mean, Hertz, I feel like it's kind of, I mean, those two are kind of like a B, mm-hmm. but I just think Allen has a little better, um, you know, more of what I would value because of, I think he's just got a better arm talent and mm-hmm. a, he's got more upside to put up 5,000 yards than, than Hertz does. Right. Um, whereas like Herbert Burrow, you know, obviously very solid fantasy picks too, but they don't bring the running component as much to it. Truth. But at that, at that same time, like I, I don't necessarily like value the running component that much, but it like depends. Like, like let's say I'm in the third round and I'm in this like the league I'm talking about where I missed out on um, all the like good running backs. So I took, you know, I got like, I wouldn't get Chase or Jefferson most likely, but you know, I got like Devonte or Garrett Wilson or someone or Stefan Diggs, and then turned mm-hmm. around and and got kind of like that tier one B of running backs. So like, you know, I I might value the aspect of Hertz or Allen more, knowing mm-hmm. like I can kind of recoup a little. Yes, um, yes, that's running exactly what, stats yes. from that position. Yep. That's Whereas exactly what I wanted to hone in on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, it like I said, kind of depends how the board falls to some degree for me, but that's because I don't like it's weird. Like I said, you know, there's not a huge drop off when you go look at the stats right. of of like quarterbacks and they finish, you know, where they're at in fantasy. There's not like a huge drop off from QB one to QB ten as there is from like RB one to ten. Mm-hmm. So like you know, and you and I talked about this earlier, like Geno Smith, right, guy last year, mm-hmm. willing to. Probably didn't go draft in a whole lot of leagues outside of like Seattle fans. That right, like, right. Gino, we trust. Right. You know? He ended up as the fifth to QB5 in scoring. I know. Year. I was I was very shocked to read I that. Mean, stat. He mm-hmm. put up 314 fantasy points. So, I mean, like, that's, yeah. and I mean, like, there's like Burrow put was four. He put up 369. I mean, that's a little bit of a drop off. But like at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, you had to take Burrow second, third round. Right. Whereas, you get a guy like Gino or Kirk Cousins or, you know, even Daniel Jones with QB nine. So like, those are guys that you can for sure get later and you're going to get some production, but like I, but I do like go into round three or four, like those five that we mentioned outside of Mahomes, maybe even Lamar. Mm -hmm. I probably consider Lamar, but Lamar's done me dirty before too. (laughs) Right. Well, he should be happier now with his new contract and a new overseas. It should be better. It should but, be better. Uh, you know, obviously, like, I'm looking at those guys, but if it's like, if it doesn't feel right to me, I'm not going to do it. And I'm yeah. just going to, I'll take for a QB later. Right. Uh, or I'll ride with a rookie. Like, and mm. there's, I mean, at least three out there that you know are going to start. And mm-hmm. you got to think one of them is going to be remotely decent. So <laughs> there, you, there you go. There you go. So, yeah, I share that same sentiment. I think that, especially if you, if you, if you load up or stack with wide receivers early, and uh, the running back pool isn't the best, and you don't necessarily trust, or you feel like you, the running backs you have to choose from are being handicapped or, or handcuffed by uh, another legit starter behind them. They're doing a, like an RB, RBBC kind of thing, running back by committee uh, yeah. model. Then, yeah, I would pick a, a dual threat quarterback because, again, like you said, and if you look at the comparison, you know, we went back and forth talking about Hurts and Mahomes last year. Like, Hurts didn't have the same amount of throwing touchdowns by, by you know, a decent amount. But guess what? If you combine his rushing and his, and his passing touchdowns, it was close. It was close yeah, before he I got mean, hurt. So I mean, you, if you look at that, three hundred eighty-five points. Mahomes that's my, that's the whole twenty-eight. I mean, right. that's and didn't even play the full season. So like, exactly, yeah. 
Exactly. So yeah, I, I definitely value that when if your running back uh, pool isn't you know up to snuff when you're drafting. So I would definitely prioritize that. Um, you know, looking at you know Lamar Jackson, looking at Justin Fields, looking at Jalen Hurts, of course. And Ken, Jalen Hurts may not give you a whole lot of rushing yards, but that what they call a tush push now. I still think I still laugh at that name. That it's still it's still but legal. Stats. It's still legal. So he's still <laughs> getting stats. he's still getting a touchdown from the goal line. You know, so he's vulturing the running back situation, and he's getting the touchdowns because they're doing that play every time on the one yard line. So that's points. That's yeah. fantasy points. So I would prioritize that, and I think that is going to be paramount. Um, because again, if I can't get Mahomes or Herbert or Burrow, because I don't, I've gotten burned by Josh Allen because I feel like Josh Allen is a little bit reckless. I think he throws a lot of picks when we don't need to. That hurts You're you. You're not wrong. You're not he, wrong. <laughs> yeah, so that hurts you because there's a minus two in most leagues when he throws those picks. Yeah. When I know Herbert and, and and Mahomes and Burrow won't throw those picks. So if I don't can't get my hands on those three, I'm going to likely pick a dual threat because again, he's going to give me points in multiple facets. So and yeah. I think he's going to be really productive and he'll give me stats for multiple ways. And I'm just not worried about him throwing the ball. And especially in bad weather, he's gonna knock a throw a ball for a whole lot of yards, but he's gonna use his legs. Yeah. Yep. Well, and you know, and like that, like the dual threat aspect too is is um, you know, that's definitely one that I I try to value. Like you said, if I miss out on the Allen Burrow, Herbert, like the guys mm-hmm. that you know are smart with the football, you know they're gonna throw at least, I mean, at least 4,500 yards, right. you know, they're all going to have at least 25 touchdowns mm-hmm. and, you know, perfect world, all less than five interceptions. Right. Perfect and, world. You know, right. so like, I mean, pretty, pretty safe stat line to get, but it's like, if I miss out on those then I'm going to want to like, take a risk, not really take a risk, but like bring a little more to the table at that position. And hopefully later, um, but the unfortunate thing is like Justin Fields, right? He's probably the the second most outside of Lamar that would bring that dual threat yep. capability. But mm-hmm. you don't know how he's gonna be as a pocket passer. <laughs> and, true. and you don't know if like I mean, yeah, he rushed for a thousand yards last year, but it was like that's because that's like all he could do. I mean, he didn't have a DJ Moore. Right. He, you know, and that's the difference. Uh, that's the difference. He has weapons so now. It's like, yeah. yeah. So it's like you may be, and you got to reach for him kind of early. So I mean, those uh-huh. are like things you got to consider too. Cause I mean, he's going around the same time as, as, um, you know, maybe not as like Herbert and Lawrence. And yep. mm-hmm. I mean, same time as those guys. Whereas I think you could later on get a Daniel Jones or uh, maybe a Rich Anthony. I don't, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's a sexy pick. But like in terms, in terms of valuing a dual threat QB, but not wanting to, you know, sticking to your your golden rule of not wanting to overreach, right? You know, that's something you can think about. At least when considering the QB position, you know, that's something you can think about when you're later. If you know, if you don't want to overreach for, uh, you know, for a Justin Fields, or if you don't want to take that risk in the fourth or fifth round on Justin Fields, where you could. You know, take the risk, albeit, you know, just as much, if not more of a risk with like a Daniel Jones or an Anthony Richardson or something. I would say but, Anthony Richardson has a, has a big time dual threat component, too. But again, you, yeah, I think I'm more concerned about him being a pocket passer than Justin Fields at this point. So that's you yeah. got to you got to weigh that option, too. But, yeah, I, I like both our aspects. I think I think I like both our opinions on that. There's definitely some good uh, knowledge in there, some good nuggets in there for uh, the, the fan base to, to really grasp just, on. And I just want some league right there. Yeah, I think it did. I think it did. I think it did. Uh, so, cut. 
Exactly. You you heard it with the statement from the start of the show. Yeah. You already know what it is. We, what type of time we on. So yeah, definitely. If you understand. guys are, uh, yeah. If we get if you are uh, providing a view to this video, you have consented to the agreement that we get your cut. Yeah, we we take a finder's fee. <laughs> it's <laughs> in the bylaws. There you go. There you go. So yeah, um, now I'll start with running backs. Um, I think that my biggest, uh, uh, I guess you could say, advice when it comes down to what type of running back you're looking for, is that if you can buy any. Now this is a very uh, small window of opportunity when it comes down to this. What I'm about to say, but if you can get yourself a running back that does not have a true, legit handcuff behind him, is your better option when you draft the running backs early. You know, mm-hmm. that, that that particular aspect is dying. They, a lot of people are drafting two and three and four running backs in certain cases. In the Chargers case, well, we got four now. <laughs> so, you know, again, you know, kind of... Yeah, you know they're not using all of them. But that's the <laughs> thing, you know, it, it, but it just depends on how you look at it because I think if you look at Seattle's perspective, I think they will use Walker and Charbonnet equally. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at that from that perspective. So do you value Kenneth Walker high when you know he has a legit handcuff? Or in this aspect of it, this is one I really love. When you have a receiving style back in RB1, but you got a goal line back in RB2, like Kamara and Jamal Williams. So yeah. I would look at it from a perspective like, if I can get Derrick Henry and I just need a guy to give me 100 yards and two touchdowns a game, I want Derrick Henry versus, mm-hmm. you know, somebody like like Kamara who's going to get vultured at the goal line. Yeah. You know, so that. Well, that and, it, and I think the, like how you kind of value or look at running back, I mean, it all, I think, I think like the, you know, the accountant lawyer golden answer to anything is it depends, you know, and uh, <laughs> right. I think the golden answer for fantasy football, especially uh, pre-draft strategy is it depends where you're picking. <laughs> you True. know, I True. obviously, I mean, PPR league, I'm obviously going to value like Eckler, McCaffrey. Absolutely. Uh, probably Bijan. Um, and maybe even ETN, looking at kind of the guys in the top 10 on most. Yeah, three down rankings. backs. You're looking for three down backs like, in PPR. Well, and those are guys that you know are going to be involved in the pass game. Mm. You know they're going to bring that added component to it. Uh, maybe Saquon a bit too. Yeah. But, like, if I'm picking 10 through 12 in a league, like, I'm – I'm not going to get on. I'm not going to get any of that. So then right. that's where your, you know, your take on it kind of comes into play. Like I'm sure shit going to get a dare. I'm going to have a chance at Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs or mm-hmm. Nick Chubb. Right. Like I love Nick Chubb, but mm-hmm. like those guys don't bring in a PPR type league. They, they don't, don't get bring, in the past they don't bring that added juice, yeah. you know, yeah. you don't get Agreed. the juice from them. But like, uh, but I mean, you're still going to get points from them, but then mm-hmm. you know that you got to like, to me, in that position, if that situation happens, like, like I, I'm a big Nick Chubb guy. I mean, I love, yeah, I love Nick Chubb too, but I love I know it, as much as I hate to admit it. I mean, we gotta it, gotta realize that at some point Derrick Henry's just gonna fall off. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not because the dude is like an alien. He really uh, is. Like, he literally looks like just someone create like a like a Madden creative player that mm-hmm. like someone just juiced to all 99s and made like right. six eight. Made him 99 speed and 99 muscle pounds. definition, you know. Right, right, right. But, but I mean, at the same time, he's not getting any younger. And, and like to me, that's like a big risk to take Derrick Henry with my number one pick, and then you know he falls off. Or like I've mm-hmm. taken him, I think two or three years. I guess it was two or three years when he got hurt. Right. I mean, granted, 
he balled in the six weeks he was around. Right. I think he led the league for like he most did. of the season. He did. But matter of fact, he was know, still leading the league like three or four weeks after he was hurt. He was still leading the league in rushing. So, but that's how crazy he was. At the same time, then you look at the long jet, like looking at the that season in totality, you're like, damn, like my first round pick got hurt. Like you're, I mean, for the most part, you're never gonna win if your first round pick is out for the year. Right. But like. To me, I I that's more like risk with those guys. So like I would like, you know, probably look at a Nick Chubb or someone safer that I but I that I know is going to be involved in the offense or Josh Jacobs now that that's all kind of hashed out. But then mm-hmm. I know that I gotta like I gotta make an emphasis in round three through five to make sure I'm getting someone else that's on a similar type of, of path, you know, right. or similar type of emphasis just so that I'm I know. Yeah, I'm losing out on the PPR aspect, but I'm gonna I'm still gonna have two solid running backs that I know are gonna get 15, 20 touches. Right. Right. So so um what's what sentiment do you share about wide receivers? Wide receivers, I'm like uh I'm big on I just kind of look at the target shares, you know, or uh like because I mean especially especially in PPR leagues, I mm. try to like look at kind of uh, the target shares that guys had last year mm-hmm. or, um, you know, if it's rookie guys, um, you know, what was like the target share breakdown last year mm. and how, and who's not there. Um, because I mean, to me it's in PPR, like it's more about drafting the possibility of getting, you know, someone who's getting the ball thrown their way, at a high volume 20 yeah. times right and if you, they catch all 10 passes thrown their way that's i mean that's 10 or five points right there just from the jump not even counting the stats that come, they after, come after, that. after there you go so, right yep. you know that's my kind of thing like um uh, but you know like i said the golden answer like also, also depends where i'm drafting because mm-hmm. i mean if i'm picking one two or three I mean, I know I'm coming out of that with you're just going golden goose at that point. With some, yeah, with some like I mean, like I'm you know, you know you're getting a Jefferson Chase. Yeah, you're leaving that there with aspect. something. Mm-hmm. But like later on, you know, later back half of the draft, middle of the draft, then it's like I try to look at the target shares, but you know, that you also gotta just kind of i I'm kind of like a roll with my gut in terms of of wide receivers more than anything else, because uh, you know, like Devontae. It's probably going to get his numbers, but like it also worries me that you got to spend a first or early second round pick. And I mean, he got Jimmy G thrown to him, or that's, who a, knows that's a concern. Who, that's a concern. You know? yeah, and it's man. like, it's like, yeah, this guy's getting the target share, but like, what's he going to do with it? This is true. Whereas, uh, you know, you got these other guys, like I, I'm a big Garrett, I'm sure everyone else is, but I'm like, I really think Garrett Wilson's like the guy to get mm-hmm. if you miss out on kind of the early run of. You know Chase Jefferson or um, yeah, well, don't get away the juice yeah. too early. We still got to get to get to, to positional rankings and sleepers, so we won't get to that yeah. part. But yeah, yeah but I, so I'd say like that. But like I'm yeah, I'm kind of looking for the larger target share. You know, um, right? Mm-hmm. Or like knowing that the passing game kind of runs through them, which I means I it sounds like a dumb like everyone's be like yeah yeah no no kidding like I'm, right. But I think look at like going to actually like kind of research. Yeah, but knowing that and then now. knowing the numbers is two different things. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. You got to know the numbers as well. It's not. It's not. Not just about knowing the the, the psychological aspect of it, but knowing where the numbers stay. 
you know, because we talked about Mike Evans earlier. Mike Evans has been a thousand yard receiver his whole career, no matter who yeah, the quarterback he's was. Like a seventh round pick right now, or exactly. you know, so exactly. Like, so, it's, it. but like, yeah, knowing the target share stuff, then it's like you know, you know, players like that are available later, which allows me to, hey, you know, I already got this stud wide receiver. I'm going to take two running backs now because I can. I can shoot for one of those guys later that I know have a tart like Drake London or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? So that's kind of always my approach with like, you know, obviously look at the rankings, how people rank them, but I kind of make my own based off of how I know they got, you know, what kind of looks they were getting or, or anticipated to get. Gotcha. Yeah. And then from a standard league perspective, I actually think I can probably bundle wide receiver and tight end into, into one. Um, because it's, it's, it's a, it's a uh, staunch difference between when it comes to receivers and tight ends, uh, PPR to non, right? Um, it's, it's legit just about yardage and, and and touchdowns from a standard league perspective, right? So mm-hmm. from my perspective, I think that uh, for wide receivers, I'm looking for uh, steady and consistent production from a yardage perspective, not about catches. Yeah. It's about standard and consistent yardage. So I'm looking at it, again, looking at the numbers. I'm looking at it from a perspective of who's getting, you know, consistent yardage every week. If I'm, I would pick a guy that's averaging 75 yards a game over a guy that's averaging 50, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So, you know, and even though he might have a hundred year guard game here and there, I would rather go with the 75. Yard. If you, if I get a guarantee 75 yards from this guy every week, I'm going to pick mm-hmm. him over a feast of famine guy where he might give me 50 one week, he might give me 100 next week, and he might give me 30 the third week. You know, so it yeah. really just depends on that. Um, and even more so, it's even more basic for tight ends. I think that uh, tight ends is just literally about yardage and red zone targets because oh, that's, yeah. that's what tight ends make their money at in, in standard leagues. You know, if you're if you're a legit red zone target, if you have a high uh, target rate at at a uh, at, from a red zone perspective as a tight end, then you're valuable. If you if you don't, then yeah, you know, I wouldn't reach for that. <laughs> so right, well, exactly. especially in standard, right? Because it's kind of I mean, I feel like tight ends outside of. Kelsey and Andrews, like they gotta score a touchdown to give that's, you any sort of it. any right. sort of points. Well, Ke- well like Kelsey does you- pretty well, but uh, regardless, but again, he gets yardage and he gets touchdowns. You know, he's yeah. he's an outlier in a lot of cases where other guys are pretty much in the same boat. Where they might be more, ta- you know, you got Kittle, you got Andrews, you got Hawkinson, you got these guys who are, are uber talented, but they just don't get the the, the yardage and the touch and the targets and the touchdowns that that's going to mm-hmm. get you points. So. You know they kind of fall down in the in the totem pole when it comes down to rankings because and when you draft them because they just don't there's no staunch difference between those guys. You can draft yeah. any of them and they will probably give you same around the same round of fantasy points at the end of the year. Yeah, oh. and all four of those that you mentioned uh, go at drastically different areas of a draft. So, right, right, you know, right. That's and yeah. in, and then the slew of talented titans that came out in this draft this year, I'm looking at them as well because I think that's- they could be largely productive. That's been my thing up to uh, I've done what? Yeah, I got one, two, three. I got three drafts left, so I've done four up to this point. Right, two have been dynasty, but in terms of kind of my approach to tight ends, um, you know, I have haven't gotten Kelsey because I'm not doing that in the first round. Haven't gotten Mark Andrews. Right, right. Um, but like I, I've been trying to value. I've been trying to get someone a little higher up. Um, mm. You know, looking at the kind of Pitts, Goddard, that sort of crop of guys. Waller, Ingram, maybe. Ingram. Ingram. Yeah. Uh, which are mm. guys that at least were, in terms of PPR and stuff, were pretty involved in the passing game and putting up decent numbers. Uh, mm. You know, not Kelsey, Mark Andrew numbers, but 
decent enough to warrant drafting them in fifth through seventh round. But mm. that being said, that's kind of like my target. But if I don't get that, then I'm I'm all I'm waiting till the end, and I'm taking flyers on rookies because there you go. Um, I mean, other it, there's such a big drop off in the tight end production and what you get out of it that it doesn't make sense to me if I'm not getting one of those top five guys, top five or six guys to waste a pick, burn a pick on like Friar Muth yeah. or Komet yeah. or something a little, mm-hmm. a little earlier where I could take Laporta or Dolchich, you know, or mm-hmm. these other guys later. So, yep. you know, always going back to that golden answer. It really depends on how the draft falls. But right. um, I mean, in terms of a PPR type of approach, like, you obviously want your Kelsey or your Mark Andrews, but like you got to know that if that's what you want, that you're going to be sacrificing something somewhere else. Cause you're, I mean, you're going to have to, I wouldn't really say reaching if you're looking at how the ADP probably plays out in whatever format you're in. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're going to be missing out on something. You're missing out on something else. And, you're going to have to recoup later. Like you're going to be recouping. You're going to be getting, replacing a wide receiver or running back, you know, in a later round, that's going to be of lesser value than if you were to just wait to take a tight end, you know, knowing you're not going to get the elite scoring, but it's not going to be, you're still getting something out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, so round out this to- topic, um, defense. Uh, so how do you value defense in PPR leagues versus standard leagues? It's, it's, I don't. It's, right. Yeah, I think most people <laughs> don't. Um, I do not uh, value deep. I used to, like way right. back in the day. Yeah, so I did I. That, you know, as story I, I, has gone on. You yeah, know, it's, it's drastically changed. changed. The, the formula for that has um, drastically changed. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I know I said early on, I pretty like usually my last two picks are that, right. defense mm. in that order. Um. I like unless unless it's just like there hasn't been a run on defenses yet and I can get, you know, what's traditionally a top five unit year mm-hmm. in and year out in the 13th, 14th round, then I might think about it. But for the most part, I'm a heavy defensive streamer. Like I'll just I'm constantly swapping my defense in and out. <laughs> right, uh, right, right. Which like really sucks when that's your general approach and you're in seven leagues, because it's a lot to keep track of <laughs> and on that alone. But, mm. you know, like I I like uh, always doing that approach. I, I always end up finding a defense that ends up being a top 10 defense. And I kind of ride the hot hand like last year streaming in a league, at least in one. I know I fell into the, the Eagles defense, which I know was top, I think, top five. Right. <laughs> because they like had one bad outing and someone dropped them. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just scoot yeah, them up and see what happens in. for a week. Yeah. But. Um, you know, so I'm always, I'm always a streamer. I, and like going into a league, my big thing is I always try to just identify the two or three dog water offenses that are out there. Like, yes, used to be traditionally, I was like, who's, who is Jacksonville playing? Give That's me that. Bad. Defense. That's but bad. you not, you can't really say that anymore, but no, now that anymore, like, but that, 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 this that, year yeah, I'm like, who's yeah. Arizona playing? Who's the Rams who's playing? Arizona who is yeah. Arizona, the Texans, or the Rams playing? Right. Those are the three I'm looking at. So, like, right now, like, my and all the drafts I've done, I've taken the Washington Commanders defense, my last pick, because they're playing Arizona week one. 
There so, you go. <laughs> you know, but like that's really the only thought I put into it because I know for the uh, for the most part and all possible likelihood. The Washington Commanders are not going to be my defense, you know. At end, 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 end of the game, the yeah. So at end of the day, yep. That's that's my approach, and I I mean I do that across every league, and I I am in one standard league, which, um, you know, maybe putting a little more emphasis on it might, uh, might be better. But yeah, I've always been a defensive streamer, and I kind of don't value it because, you know, it's like it's like shooting dice to know which one's going to give you a 20 point outing or, right, or which right. one's going to get roasted. So right. that's me. What about you? Yeah, I think the it, Stanley's Lee's a little bit different. And again, it goes back to my point about how he scored. Like I said, one league doesn't prioritize uh, points per game. Like, uh, you know, so, it, you know, you giving up points or not giving up points doesn't matter. Like it's all about sacks, interceptions and, and, uh, nice. and touchdowns and things of that nature. Right. So, uh, so I probably I would in that particular aspect in that particular format, I'm going to only prioritize a defense that is good, has a really good pass rush, mm-hmm. has a, or or and or has a really good secondary. Like I looked at Dallas, Dallas is a golden goose for me. They're both, they have both exactly, both. exactly. <laughs> so I prioritize Dallas's defense because they looked really good in both aspects. They get they got locked down defenders on the back end, and they have good pass rush. So they're yeah. going to give me points, and they should cause turnovers with the, with their elite pass rush and their elite secondary. So I should get a lot of sacks. and should get a lot of turnovers. So teams like that, I think the Steelers are good a good pick as well if they, if that's the type of format you're gathering. But if they do yeah. if they do prioritize points given up, I think that certain teams, certain defenses may not give you a lot of sacks, a lot of turnovers, but they don't give up a lot of points either. Like like again, the Steelers are a good defense that doesn't give up a lot of points. You know the Chiefs yeah. because because of their offense don't give up a lot of points either because guess what they're typically they blowing people out a lot of times and they're chasing them so they yeah. you know they they don't they don't give up a lot of points so that might be a, a decent value for you um in certain aspects so that that's a higher prioritized defense based upon how it's scored if it's traditionally scored all the stats matter then I would just go with the best holistic defense in the back end of the draft but if it's only prioritized by turnover sacks touchdowns defensive touchdowns fumbles things of that nature I'm gonna go with the Either the really heavy hitting defense that really looks really elite on paper, or I'm just going to, like you said, I'm going to at the back end of it, I'm going to get somebody that's going not going to burn me, <laughs> yeah. really or whoever's important. playing the Rams, right? I'm telling you, dude, the uh, the Jacksonville, like who are the Jaguars playing approach worked pretty well for me for like a really nice when Blake Bortles like, was the quarterback until, until yeah. 2014 or 15 when they got Fournette and then like went on the run and went mm. to the AFC championship game. Right, but prior to that, it was like, yeah, damn, that like that's their that up. defense is for sure getting ten points. Like, right. yeah. you know, we're yeah. gonna be at least one pick. Well, who was playing the Jets? The Jets was a good one for a good while too. Who yeah. was playing the and Jets? It's like now, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously Arizona, like with all the moves they're making, yeah, and you it's know, rough. No Kyler cutting Colt mm-hmm. McCoy, so the only sense of continuity there like you know that I mean, offense is gonna yeah, be I mean rough. you might be able to stick in with Seattle because they so, got a good defense on top of the fact they play Arizona and the Rams twice so the AFC yeah. uh, NFC West defense might be good for you holistically 49ers yeah, I did, it, that being said I did take Seattle last night See? Uh, because someone bit, and that's another thing too is like sometimes the streaming approach doesn't work if you're in a league with a bunch of streamers because yeah, yeah. we're all fighting we're all doing same, it yeah. same stuff you know, yeah. it, it worked nice when it was like 
I was like the only one that did it. And people were like, why are you always just adding and dropping defenses? And I'm like, eh, I, you know, like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, then it just seemed like I started seeing more and more people doing it. And then it's just like, yeah, I lose out on waiver claims or, uh, you know, uh, putting in, if you're in leagues that do budgets, like you lose out on that stuff if mm-hmm. people have the same approach. So, uh, you know, that kind of brings us back to like knowing your league. Cause if right. you, you know, like if you know you're in a league of you want to stream, but you know four or five other guys kind of do the same thing, then you might have to change your outlook and approach on a defense. Yeah, just go uh, for a better defense mean, and just stick with them. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, overall, I like don't, I mean, I don't overly value it because like, I mean, you can find defenses late, like Jacksonville, right? I, they were, they were sick, the top sixth best uh fantasy defense last year and i i'd be willing to bet not a lot of people took them uh Mm -hmm. you know pretty so like you're gonna be able to find a decent defense that ends out in scoring um you know without having to break the bank on i mean what are the like big ones i guess like san francisco or Mm -hmm. jets the jets yeah i mean well it's like crazy though like the jets are all hyped up right about like they're such a good defense and but like in terms of fantasy they were the ninth best defense well, so you also really like, got to realize the offense wasn't that great, so they were on the field a lot more. Oh yeah, I mean I do mm. get that, but it's just mm. like you know, I feel like the the uh, you know we're drinking the Kool Aid a little bit on. Oh yeah, listen, the Hard Knocks is going to have yeah. Jets selling high. Everybody's selling high on Jet stock. Hard Knocks is oh, going to yeah. do that. At that every happens time. every year, right? It does like, exactly. That's why I like Garrett, I mean, like Garrett Wilson, right? He's going to be spiking in drafts because that happens every. Like the star mm-hmm. of Hard Knocks is always going to be going it high. Is. Yep, you know, so I mean, you, had, you had people drafting Jared Goff last year high because he was on hard knocks. So, I mean, you know, yeah. it happens. It oh, happens. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's for, let's forward over to uh to the I guess you could say the juicy part of the of the of this podcast uh, uh, show. So we will get into rankings. Um, you know, we're gonna talk about standard league from our perspective and PPR from Alex's perspective. We're gonna go down the list: quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and defense. So starting with standard leagues, um, you know, I kind of we kind of you know. I guess you gave some nuggets of how we feel about these particular guys early on, right? Um, but yeah. for standard leagues, I clearly I value Patrick Mahomes first, Jalen Hurd second as a dual threat, Justin Herbert third, Lamar Jackson fourth as a dual threat, Joe Burrow five. Only thing that gives me trepidation about Joe Burrow is that calf. Is that calf 100%? So, you know, kind of gives me – He's back, but again, those, those soft tissue injuries are tricky. You know, yeah. so I, I'm I'm it's why he dropped a little bit on my board because of that. But he's definitely five, no, no, no lower. Josh Allen. Although his interceptions kind of give me pause, he's still a productive quarterback. Trevor Lawrence at seven, Justin Fields at eight, at Aaron Rodgers at nine. Uh, maybe it's the hard knocks, you know, floor. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. But he's still a legit quarterback, regardless of you know what yeah, age and he and, and team he plays for. He's still legit. And I think Deshaun he's, he's Watson got actual weapons now. You know exactly. So like, yeah, so it should work. It yeah. should work. So, uh, and I have Deshaun Watson at ten. I think he has a resurgent year for the Cleveland Browns with that dominant running game and that underrated receiving core with Amari Cooper, People Jones, and Elijah Ooh. Moore, and uh, yeah. J- David Njoku at tight end. I think he's got all the weapons he needs to be successful. So he rounds and up my top ten. Tillman too, who might be. I, I, he's a sleeper baller. for me. I, I, he, he's a <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. Me. A little preview. For a little everyone. preview. Yes, I'll indeed. Head, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. So uh, for running. McCaffrey number one. I mean, I think you know he's. I think what he's he he prioritized number one for me is because he doesn't one he doesn't have a true handcuff and he's a true three down back receiver. He does well in the rushing and the passing game. Uh, Austin Eckler two, Nick Chubb three. Um, 
Saquon Barkley has been a dual threat four, the Derrick Henry five, Dijon Robinson six, Travis Etienne seven, Tony Potter eight, Josh Jacobs nine, and Kenneth Walker ten. Yeah. So wide receivers I have Justin Jefferson one, uh Tyreek Hill two, Stefan Diggs three, Jamar Chase four, uh Devontae Adams five, Garrett Wilson six, AJ Brown seven, Cooper Cup, although he got hurt today, ironically. He, he stepped back with his hamstring. He's eight. Amarase Brown is nine and CeeDee yeah, Lamb is setback. ten. Yeah, setbacks. Setback. So you know, with a with less than a, <laughs> with, a, with a little over a week left before the games really kick off, that's a concern. Those soft tissue injuries can linger, so we have to be mindful of that. But I mean, if he's on the field, he's going to be Stafford's number one target. Might be his only target. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. think yeah, I think this is a pretty pretty decent list. And I think I think that you get deep time value because I think the first four go you know pretty uh pretty quickly in in most leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, but that sweet spot's probably that, like you said, that Devontae Adams and that Garrett Wilson uh slide. I mean, dude, I've been in I've been in drafts of Devontae falling in the second round. And I, honestly, I you I know, talking about Cooper Cup's injury, um, uh, you know, I was before we got on, I had to um pseudo draft for someone who is <laughs> someone <laughs> else's team, but right. Cooper no one was taking Cooper Cup because of that. And I so I'm like, that might be something to consider. Late if in the round. If you, you yeah. know, if you can get him in the midpoint second round yeah. and because of the setback and, you know, maybe he doesn't play week one, but he's back the next week, you're getting mm-hmm. the only target share of the Rams offense, which granted we've already said is not going to be a good one. But, I mean, that's where you're drafting value over anything else. That That's it right there. That's the, the poster child for that situation. Yeah, it really is. Because you know you're going to get targets and you know he's going to get a touches even on a bad offense. If one oh, person's yeah. gonna be good in that offense, it's gonna be him. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Now, tight ends is an interesting one. Um, of course, Travis Kelsey is number one. Mark Andrews two, and this is what we talked about earlier about how two through probably seven, eight, maybe nine are all to me, you know, you know, not early flyers. You know, Mark Andrews, T.J. Hawkinson, Darren Waller, Evan Ingram, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard, Dawson Kincaid, and nine, and Pat Fry move at ten for me. I think they will all be productive, but I would not reach for them high. If it ain't Travis Kelsey, I wouldn't reach for anybody high. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't need it. Exactly. <laughs> As rounded out for defense, um, I have the Eagles in one. I have the Steelers at two, uh, mainly because of their, their combination of pass rush and secondary. At the 49ers yeah. at three, and I'm still wondering what the Nick Bosa situation is going to look like. That's why I had to drop down a little bit for me um, in production. Um, but if Nick Bosa shows up week one, then they're right back into the fold of being top three. Uh, Cowboys at four, uh, Jets at five, Bills at six, Ravens at seven. Patriots is a sneaky sleeper pick at eight. And the Dolphins mm-hmm. with Vic Fangio's uh, coaching them is nine. And the Buccaneers with uh, with Todd Bowles still coaching that defense, and they still got all their pieces. And with Clyde Kansas coming dogs. in, still got some oh, dogs. Yeah. I think they're number 10 in my list uh, if you're going to prioritize that in these facets in your draft. So, so there you have it for the standard league. So let's forward over yeah. to Alex's list at PPR. Oh, yeah. So, I said so, uh, pretty – Pretty similar to yeah. some degree. Um, yeah, I think I but, think our back end uh, picks were different. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. I and I had I, I'd say I was a toss up. Just to jump to the end of my list here for a second, mm-hmm. it was a toss up between Gino or Deshaun, and I gave Gino some love, and I'll tell you guys why when I get there. Okay. Uh, but you know, looking at it, I was like my tier tier one guys. I've already kind of prefaced our Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. You know, that's one through three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but those are guys that you know you're gonna have to take. Maybe not Allen, but um, you know, Hurts and Mahomes. I feel like are definitely going 
early in drafts. Um, my tier two guys are the Burrow, Herbert, Lamar, Trevor Lawrence. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think those guys are um, looking at the QB crop, the, the like kind of next in line to um, either excel off of their stats last year, but are still, you know, I'd say the crop that are the consistent ones are, you know, you're going to get points. And I mean, Lawrence might be the biggest risk in that. Um, ranking them where I did and like kind of how I look at Adam, but I think I mean the upside's pretty, you know, pretty enticing. So um, then to round it out with kind of the tier three, which is you know Fields, Cousins, Kirko, Kirko, Cuz, and mm-hmm. uh, Gino, uh, as well as you know, I mean, I think Deshaun's could be right up there too. Um, but I mean, like I I've, I got to give Gino some love, man. They tried to write him off, but he ain't right back. Ended up being right. Ended up being a top five fantasy QB. I call that a pretty good, you know, pretty good outing. Was it a fluke? Who knows? But you know, great weapons in Seattle, and they brought in Jackson Smith. Um, so like you know, enticing and like Kirk Cousins, right? You know, he's like the he's the Kroger brand of QBs. Like he's not going to do anything over the top, <laughs> but like. He's reliable. Sure. I mean, always finishes top 10. Mm-hmm. So you got to give old Kirko Chains some love there. Kirko um, Chains. I like it. So yeah. I like it. That, that's kind of the reasoning is putting Gino and, and Cousins in there. Um, just because, you know, yeah, this, I, I, from I see, me. I see a little bit of a strategy move in those back end picks because if you can handcuff Justin Jefferson with Kirk Cousins and DK Metcalf or Jackson Smith and Jigba with Geno Smith, you're eating, baby. Eating all day. I, I like <laughs> right? it. I like it. Yeah. Or even I like, like the Lawrence with the Ridley. I mean, yes. I'm a big I'm yes. a big stack guy. Uh yeah. maybe outside of stacking Lamar with someone just because mm. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's gonna be eating who's gonna That's be stacking it. with Lamar. I got a, so. I got a, I got an idea who is, but we'll get to that in sleepers. Yeah. So all right. So for running backs, I think the running backs, I think ours were I mean pretty similar. Yeah. Um honestly, I like I put this list out, but I—I I mean, I would, I would, I would arguably put Eckler at one um, over McCaffrey. I mean, I think those are the two in terms of a PPR perspective. Obviously, the two and Bijan, maybe um, you know, the three that bring the most to the table in terms of PPR. Mm-hmm. Um, Eckler, I think, gets a little bit more touchdown production than McCaffrey, and uh, is also healthier. Um, so, you know, I've definitely been burned by, uh, run CMC, uh, time or two from taking him, and then he's out. Um, and on top of that, it's like, you know, Shanahan, you know, is a, he's a committee guy. I mean, um, and he's already, I think they had a press conference today of, you know, he's like, we're not going to use McCaffrey like Carolina did and we're going to arrest him. So like, yeah. But that guy's just trying to get the heat off of his back for the whole. That's train really, yeah, of course, but yeah. Like, distraction. Yeah, but you hear something like that, and you're like, "Shit, I'm picking third here. Do I wa- really want to like spend my third pick on a guy that like I know is going to produce, but like I don't know if it's going to be the same extent of touches that Eckler's getting." Um, so you know, that's just something to consider in terms of those rankings. Um, you know, four was Chubb. I've already said I'm a big. Big Chubb guy, mm-hmm. love the Chubb. 
Love but, the show. Uh, <laughs> I got Derrick Henry at five because I mean King Henry, you can't count him out till he you know doesn't produce. Right. Um, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley. I, I I moved Josh Jacobs up a little bit more because of the contract dispute that got worked out, and mm-hmm. you know you know they're going to use him. Like there's oh, no yeah. reason not to. Um, and he was like a fantasy stud last year for teams. Um, Saquon at seven, Tony Pollard at eight. I put Mixon in at nine and ETN at 10. Um, and those are kind of, um, I think once I've moved, uh, I kind of have ranked a little higher than probably what a lot of fantasy lists you go look at have. Um, but I just think that, um, you know, Mixon took a pay cut to come back. And I mean, there's not much else out there to, to compete with him. And he's like a quietly, valuable ppr asset Mm. Um, tn as well i think is going to be used more in the passing game this year than he was last year especially with the arrival of tank bigsby exactly so you know Mm. from a ppr perspective i think that is something to consider as well as uh you know like he's he's my top 10 uh but you know he's you're that's someone that you can for sure get second maybe third round depending on how the board goes so like for me if i can get a top 10 running back on my own rankings, you know, for a late second, early third round pick or something like that. That's, I mean, that's, that's a win value, (laughs) you know? So, um, so yeah, that's kind of was my thinking with these running backs, uh, wide receivers. I'd say this one, I think we had pretty, I mean, you put Cooper cup a little lower than, uh, yeah, the injury, the injury in in the team is when maybe drop him a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. but from a PPR component, like oh yeah, he's much higher value. I said can have twelve catches for twenty yards, you know. But right, I mean that's points. It Uh, is points. But you know, obviously, just Jefferson, Tyreek, and uh, Jamar are like the you know cream of the crop in terms of PPR value, and you know the. Um, arguably, I mean, I think the, the term now should be bell cow receivers, right? But, uh, you know, um, although, you know, Tyreek is, is an interesting one because he's up there, but like, you know, Waddle gets just as good stats too. They so. were both thousand yard receivers last year with two of them being hurt. That's Bonk, crazy. Like yeah. Bonk, yeah. Crazy. Like you could, you could have had Waddle and Hill last year. Like you were talking about the dude that took Samuel and Iuke, right? Like right. you could have both and you would have been good freaking stellar exactly. uh, but yeah so cooper cup four i mean maybe now barring this the what we talked about the injuries he might move down my list Devonte, i kind of just put him at five out of respect because i mean <laughs> right. hey, tay does get his but like i don't know how he's going to get his this year um, yeah 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 Stephon, if, if he breaks a thousand yards or gets the number one you know share of, of yardage he normally gets then he's just that dude yeah and I mean, it don't matter who the quarterback yeah. is yeah, I mean, he's not not that dude. And, and I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is a, a serviceable QB, but it's just like you know he's going to get hurt. You just don't know what's going to happen after that. Exactly. And, like, yeah, so, you know, he could arguably be put a little deeper down the list. Uh, Diggs is up there, same type of reason. Like, no matter how many other weapons they try to give Josh Allen, Diggs always is the most productive one and, you know, getting his. So, right. um, and then this was kind of where I tweaked – tweak my rankings more than uh, probably how run of the mill rankings have these players. Uh, I got, I'm, I'm real high on Garrett Wilson one because of the, you know, Aaron Rodgers component and, you know, probably the hard knocks of watching Aaron Rodgers, you know, 
you know, Google over, over him, Ooze yeah, over, Ooze yeah. over him or whatever, uh, and you know, go out of his way to say he's special. But I'm like, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't strike me as the type of guy that would just say that stuff. So I'm like, this could be the start of something nice. Um, but you know, the thing from a PPR component is there's like freaking eight receivers in New York, and you don't know, like. You know, you would think that Wilson's going to get a bunch, a lot of a huge target share, but you just don't know. Um, then Amon Ross St. Brown, I mean, he's a, a PPR machine because, uh, you know, he, there's, I mean, there's not much else in Detroit. Uh, not at the moment. Not with Jameson suspended. Yeah, Jameson's yeah. out. Um, yep. I couldn't even tell you who they're freaking. Wide receiver too. And Marvin right Jones now. and Marvin Jones is the other guy. Yeah. So my yeah, and like Laporta, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. But but yeah. I mean, you know, I've been you know he's getting his. Like, oh yeah, you know, he's yeah. He's like cup. PPR component. Yeah, he's like definitely that. getting his these touches. Oh, definitely that. Yeah. And uh, you know, I got I got CD probably a little lower than some people do, and AJ probably for that regard. But you know, the thing with CD is like he he definitely puts up points, but I just like the whole. I'm like low on him with just the whole like Dak stuff and like you mm. know I just, I, the vibe's not right for me. So I'm a little I, I agree with on that. CD, yeah, CD than some people may be. Um, wouldn't be upset taking him if it fell right though. I mean, let's not get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, but right. you know, that's just in terms of me where I'm ranking guys, the vibes a little off on on all CD and then AJ Brown. You know, obviously very serviceable receiver. The thing that kind of lowers his value for me is like. You know, he, um, you know, Devontae Smith's there. And, like, Devontae Smith was wide receiver 10 last year. Granted, A.J. Brown was wide receiver four. Mm. But, like, you got to think, I mean, there, you know, at some point there's potential that Devontae Smith, you know, overtakes a little bit of the the points in the production. And um, you also have a now a healthy Dallas Garbage and an Albert O. So that's, that's exactly. A, that's a, so, yeah. I mean, there's like, there's, you know, it's kind of similar with the Tyreek thing, but like, I feel like Tyreek's just a guy you gotta, you gotta rank high. Cause he's, he's kind of put up numbers ever since he, you know, got onto the scene. Whereas like, I mean, AJ Brown has two, but I just like worry of the, the one, a one B teams, you know, those, those ones kind of worry me in terms of, drafting the one a guy early when there's a pretty solid potential the one b guy kind of usurps the, the the production so mm. you know that was like that's my thinking there on on receivers um in terms of tight ends um you know i kind of have the four here of kelsey andrews kittle hawkinson as my tier one guys um i mean kittle from a ppr standpoint is pretty is a pretty sleepy sleeper type tight end and in, mm. in terms of value because you can def you can get them later than kelsey andrews hawkinson and i mean he was i think the third third best tight end last year in terms or tight end two in terms of scoring i know mark andrews was hurt but um i mean that's still pretty solid production for someone a little later so he i'm pretty high on kittle i mean obviously hawkinson is in uh Minnesota just signed the fat contract and, and, you know, put up numbers once he got there. Um, but we'll see if that carries over. So I'm not as, as high on Hawkinson as some other people may be. Um, Waller, I put at five. I'm a pretty, I'm pretty high on Waller. Um, uh, just cause I think just kind of the change of scenery, uh, it'll probably blow up in my face, but <laughs> you know, I've, I've invested pretty heavy in Waller right now because of the value. Right. Um, and the, the idea of Waller, you know, right. in New York. Um, so, I mean, 
but you can get him in, in late later, you know, mid late rounds. Mm. Even. And, and to me, that's a hell of a value for the, the potential, um, you know, then Goddard at six, which I, you know, Goddard obviously can put up some numbers. I'm just not, I'm just not overly big on him. Cause like he, I mean, he scored 86 fantasy points last year. So in an uh, injury year, he was hurt a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I just, you know, they got to the Super Bowl without him. So like, That's I don't see too. him like really going out of their way to implement him more into the, the, the system. So, you know, Kyle Pitts, I really, I wanted to keep him off the list, uh, but you can't because I mean, you just he, too talented. He, well, and, and, you know, talking about target share, like Kyle yeah. Pitts was the second behind, um, I think Mark Andrews last year in terms of who had the most target share out of tight ends on the team, um, you know, on their team. So like, you know, it's there. He just, he just didn't do anything last year. Um, well, yeah, more so Marcus Mariota quarterback. So that's, uh, you know, that yeah, factors in. It, but so, but I mean, that's certainly a value you got to look at and, and not only really a value, but you know, a prospect that surrounds Kyle Pitts that you got to look at Evan Ingram at eight. Um, you know, I mean, he decent, pretty decent production in Jacksonville. Um, I mean, he scored 104 fantasy points last year. So, um, you know, it might be a little dip off though with Calvin Ridley coming in, but you know, Dougie P does always use his uh, tight ends. So, that he does. Um, I think he'll still be a pretty productive guy. I got old Friar Muth at nine, uh, you know, baby Gronk, I guess it's what people call him. But, um, you know, he's, he's kind of a very much a flyer type pick. Um, but a guy that I'm certainly looking at depending on how the board falls. And then Laporta is my, uh, I like a Laporta Kincaid. one to 10. I, yeah. I'm a, I like Laporta. I mean, hell, we were I just like talking Kincaid about the same like Brown, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I like Kincaid too, but the thing that gets me with Kincaid is, is Knox is still there. So like, yeah. You know, and I know there's been all this offseason hype, but like we're running 12 personnel. We're gonna we got specific packages and routes and and concepts for Kincaid. I'm like cool, but I don't want to take a risk on that. Mm. But you know, as we're talking about that, like I mean, I I think in two drafts already, I've been able to get Laporta and Kincaid. So oh, well, there you makes, go. You know, because I don't I don't take one of these tight ends later or earlier. Early, so right. I'm like mm. I'm getting my receivers, running backs out of the way. When these guys are trying to kind of fill out their roster, yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's kind of rounds out the tight ends for me. And then defense, you know, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into my defense because uh, I, I stream them. We can yeah. glean from that. So yeah, yeah, you round down um, the list real quick. But yeah. you know, I'll, like I got Niners one just because I think that's where most people got them. Um, and you know, they they were a decent scoring defense last year. They were third. Um, I got Cowboys too. They were the second defense last year. And, you know, like you said, they're the golden goose in terms of defenses, like, you know, pretty solid secondary, pretty great pass rush. Um, I got Patriots at three just because to me, it's like, I feel like a pretty good value pick and they were the number one fantasy defense last year. I know they were sticky um, good in sacks and coverage last year. I didn't so, realize that. I looked at the numbers. So yeah, that's a good yeah. pick. You know, but obviously kind of a tough division with, Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, all too. those teams are poised offensively. Be good. Um, mm-hmm. Eagles at four. I mean, they have a, a, always have a pretty solid uh, a defense. They were five scoring defense last year. Bills at five. They were the fourth defense last year. So, I mean, I think 
just based off of the last season productions, kind of how I did it. Um, you know, Jets at six, I, I think that they'll probably be a little bit better than what we were talking about earlier because they have a better offense and hopefully, um, you know, not out in the field as much. Ravens at seven just because, you know, Baltimore – is I Baltimore and, and always right? always, always good. Mm. Um, I put the Chiefs in there. That was kind of a homer pick, but like they also <laughs> were the uh, eighth defense last year. So I also put um, them in, put them where they fit. Know, yeah. Like also kind of a homer pick because like Chris Jones isn't there right now, so I know that's absolutely going to affect that. True. Um, I put the Broncos in there because I mean I I think that uh, the Broncos do have a pretty good. Uh, defensive unit and um I, I think i look i think they've got put on due to like looking at strength of schedule <laughs> and knowing uh and I, that's actually i mean pittsburgh was going to be on there but the other justification for putting them on there is they got the second uh ranked like second easiest schedule for defenses this year so um you know that's that's definitely something that i try to consider like i said i try to highlight who's playing the dog water offenses or I try yeah. to like, you know, I got this uh, website. I, I look at that kind of ranks out the like strength, the schedule mm. for defenses and try to kind of target that. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my logic with this, with this defensive rankings um, with you guys knowing that I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> He's an offensive guy, not a defensive guy. I'm more the sort of defensive guy, but yeah. Um, so hopefully those rankings and our advice up to this point has helped you guys out. Um, so now we're going to jump into our sleeper uh, picks. Uh, we'll give you a quick list, a quick rundown of what we feel like are sleepers is you can get good and an honest value out of in the later round. So um, like I said, I'm going to speak from the standard league perspective. Now, my guys, uh, I'm going to start with the quarterback position. I think that Kenny Pickett is actually a good sleeper quarterback. Huge. You yeah. sleeper quarterback. I think he's going to be very good this year with the weapons, improved O-line, the, the platoon at running backs with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, and the two tight end studs they got with Fry from Washington. So I think they're going to prioritize the run, and they're going to take a lot of pressure off him, and he's going to be able to get a large – he goes, like, undrafted. Right, and he's going to get so. a lot of uh, a lot of the targets to Pickens and, and Johnson and Robinson on the outside. So I think that Kenny Pickens is a good steal at quarterback uh, for, for – uh, for the later rounds, either your backup, if you don't get a if you get a leap one in early rounds, or if you want to take a flyer because you drafted it so well in the other positions, you yeah. want to pick up a quarterback is going to be solid for you. I think Kenny Pickett could be your guy. I do yeah. like him um, from a quarterback perspective. Now, running backs, I, I have uh, I have one name that just popped up on my radar recently with a uh, an IR designation is this Devin Kane from the Dolphins. Yeah, that was mine. Yeah, Devin Kane is is a guy. <laughs> Is a guy that I think that he's going to be a sleeper that you can pick up late in the rounds because I think he's going to get a lot of targets because uh, Moser is one is older, he two he's injury prone, and three McDaniel's loves to run the ball. So you know, uh, just to take the work share off of uh, Moser's shoulders holistically, I think that the Kane is going to move right in and be the RB two yeah. for that group, and then he's going to be highly productive um, for them. Well, um, and they spent the third round pick on him. So there you go. I mean, like, come on, you know they're right. gonna. They're gonna use them. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And two, I have two receivers. We talked about Cedric Tillman as a teaser. Uh, I think he he's gonna fit into that Browns office in some space. But my biggest, most glaring sleeper is Zay Flowers. Zay yeah. Flowers for the Devon Ravens he's is going to be. Yeah, he's late, gonna be a good good steal for for uh for the uh, Ravens this uh, year, and he's gonna get a lot 
Uh, targets out of, out of slot, and he's really good after the catch. So I think he's going to be highly productive for Lamar, especially those scramble drills and getting downfield and getting open with his speed as a looseness. He's going to be one. And then Marvin Mims is my other. Because uh, <laughs> Come on, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We should have we should have discussed it before we went out. So we, we, we overlap. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. But, uh, but yeah, but uh, Marvin Mims is my other guy because, again, the, the Broncos don't have any receivers left. I mean, you got Sutton. Judas hurt, and then you get Mims. That's it. And he returns kicks, and he's catching the passes. So yeah, I think I mean, Marvin Mims is going to be the guy. He's not returning kicks, but yeah, I, I don't. Right now, <laughs> no, he is. I, I, yeah, I, I like Marvin Mims a lot. Yeah. Um, so you got oh, the tight end ones. Yeah, Luke Musgrave uh, from the Packers. Yep. I think he's a good sleeper. I think he's going to get a lot of targets. Highly athletic, really big target for Jordan Love. Really good safety valves. I think uh, Luke Musgrave is going to be a good sleeper and ironically enough a defense you had the Patriots ranked higher on your list I didn't but I think the Patriots are a good sleeper defense to get later in the round so people don't prioritize the commanders man I'm telling and, you yeah and I think the Giants defense is going to be sneaky good this year too I think the Giants defense is going to be really good especially since they got Isaiah Flowers for a seven round pick I mean not, not Isaiah Flowers Isaiah Simmons Isaiah Simmons for a seven round pick please yeah 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 please. so I think that just adds to it. So with those edge rushers that did interior D-line, that linebacking group, and those safeties and corners, because they drafted Deontay Banks in the first round, I think they're going to be really good this year. So the Giants and the Patriots, it's a sneaky defenses for standard leagues uh, going into the draft. So what do you have left on your list that's, yeah. that I didn't list? So yeah, I I had I had Pickett. Um, I do I like I I agree with what you're putting down in terms of Kenny Pickett, and mm. I think he takes a huge a bigger step forward. Mm. Um, the the other sleeper, I'd say there's I have one true like sleeper sleeper at QB, and I'd say that's Sam Howell, um, solely because uh, he seems to be playing the Patrick Mahomes role. In the enemy's offense and why? Mm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but I mean, uh, no, but I mean, uh, it's. I mean, he looked comfortable. I think, he looked comfortable. Yeah, and yeah. he's got you know he's got good weapons. Uh, they mm-hmm. have a decent running game. Um, so I mean, as long as he's smart with the football, like he could turn into a decent, a decent uh, fantasy QB for you. He could be like that Geno Smith that you know goes last round and falls into a top ten fantasy outing. You know for. Uh, in terms of where, in terms of looking at it from like, you know, where you could take, you could take a last pick of your draft and mm-hmm. you might get that. That's a flyer I mean, pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could not pan out, but right. um, I mean, so far I like the, what you've seen out of him in the preseason um, and, you know, like the enemy's got experience working with, um, you know, raw QBs and developing them better. Um, so We'll see if that uh, bringing in a, a nice offensive mind helps kind of revitalize the QB room in Washington or not. But um, he's kind of like my true, true sleeper at QB. The other two, um, and this is purely from like uh, knowing that they'll be available later in the draft, certainly more risk associated, but like guys to keep look out for if you do miss out on the, you know, Mahomes through Herbert line of QBs. Um, and that'd be Russell Wilson, because um, mm-hmm. I mean he's another guy that's virtually going in the last round or undrafted. Undrafted, um, yep. Mm-hmm. And like I get why, totally understand why. But mm-hmm. if you if it's a guy that you can pick up off a of waiver wire or with your last pick for the potential that he you know comes remotely back to uh, Seattle, Russ or like you know it doesn't play. I mean it's hard to play worse than last season. So that's true. You know um, you would hope that was Sean Payton. 
that they could pick it up a little bit. So that's mm. certainly another one to look at. And then this last one I have is more of like, uh, depending on if your league uses IR spots or not, um, Kyler Murray's a guy that you can pick up and stash in your IR immediately. And then, you know, mm. you can tweak with that spot later. And who knows if he comes back or not, but I don't I think mean, he does. I don't think he plays. I mean, I don't. Here. Yeah, uh, but I mean, if you can utilize an IR spot, talk about a guy that you could literally pick with your last pick. Boom, push him on your IR. Pick someone else back up. You know, yeah. probably pick up a Sam Howell or a Russell Wilson. And then, you know, if Murray does come back, you got a potentially top ten fantasy QB that you got in the last round. You know, so it's that's kind of my sleeper component to him. Um, okay, but. You know, there's a very good chance that none of that pans out either. So, um, yeah, that's QB. And then you already took my big uh, – wait, you didn't take my running back guy, did you? You might have. I don't know. I don't remember who you said now. Oh, uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Um, the other the other sleep – I mean, he's not – I wouldn't say a huge sleeper because he's obviously getting drafted, but I, I'm a Tank Bigsby, big I like guy on, on the tank. Um, like and you know, um, Peterson is a running back by committee guy. Um, you know, they drafted him pretty early and I think he's going to try to be the, the thunder to ETN's lightning. Um, mm. and he's obviously had a good preseason. So I know that it's, it's not, if he has a role, it's just how much of the, of a role is he going to have? Um, but like also a guy that, you know, ETN has a, a history of injuries. So it's True. a guy that you're talking about taking out in the, you know, later to late, late back rounds in, back in the draft yeah. that could become your one RB two or one um, just because of an injury or, you know, he could kind of take over ETN because ETN wasn't Peterson's pick. So, you know, True. He might, and he could vulture those goal line carries too. And so um, that, that was one, that's kind of a, a bigger sleeper to look at. Not, but again, not really a sleeper because he's obviously getting picked. It's not like a guy you're going to have at the tail end of your draft. Um, but in terms of tail end of the draft guys, um, my two are, uh, Deuce Vaughn, who, mm. you know, obviously has had a pretty electrifying preseason. Um, and I just think that, you know, they cut, I can't remember, they didn't cut, who did they cut? They cut someone that was like su- suspected or anticipated to, you know, eat a little share of, uh, carries. So, you know, you and for Deuce and Deuce Vaughn's on the roster. So, I mean, I think his preseason production kind of played him into getting some regular season touches. Right. You know, how much of that will that be? I don't know. Um, but, you know, McCarthy's been stressing run, ident- run first identity team. And, you know, last year they, you know, you got fantasy production out of both Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. So right. um, certainly potential there. And from a PPR perspective, I mean, he kind of, and this might be because he's five two, and you know, they're, but they're definitely not the same player. But you know, he kind of gives me like Darren Sproul type vibes. That, so that's he a might, lot, that's a good know, comparison. He could yep. carve out a nice like uh, change of pace, third and long. He's catching screens type of role, um, and that's definitely a guy that you can get in the last two to two to three rounds. Yeah, I think so. that's a that's a good pick for a really deeper league type of uh, vibe. Yeah. I think that's that's, then, that's something uh, to pick up. The last one. The last one I have is um, Rashawn Johnson, who's with the Bears. And this is more for like deeper that. leagues, too. I like but, that. Um, I mean, and it's you're obviously investing in a hodgepodge of RBs in Chicago with Herbert, 
uh, Foreman, signed Jason and Foreman Johnson, yep. and Johnson. But I mean, they spent a draft pick on Johnson, and like, I mean, he's the only thing that's wrong with Roshan Johnson was he was behind Bijan Robinson. Exactly. If he was at any other school, that dude would have been a baller and would have probably been talked about getting picked early. So mm-hmm. um, I think the talent and potential is there for him to become, you know, um, the a bell cow type guy for Chicago. Um, so that's one is, you know, deeper leagues are keeper league type thing to look at, to think about stashing for the future. Um now, wide receivers, you already took my two biggest ones. Um, but I would say in looking at kind of where guys are at in value, um, mm. you know, I think uh, Michael Thomas is one to look at just because of the prospect that he could come back and be fine, and he's going pretty pretty late. Um, mm. Juju's, Juju Smith's kind of up there in that regard too. Yep. Um, and I think that Juju's like a guy you get, you know, 10th round and you know he's wide receiver one in new england uh because there's not much else there so you know you're kind of you're like you're getting fooled like i said like fool's gold there but you know it's at least the prospect of it could pop for a later pick Mm -hmm. um and jamison williams is a guy too um that's you know going later obviously got a suspension and you can't really games yeah yeah so you know that's one to stash but yeah mems and flowers pretty pretty big on in terms of uh those those uh like younger rookie type sleeper guys um you know and then i think we've already kind of talked about my tight ends and laporta um which laporta kincaid but one I don't we haven't talked about is um, I, I mean I think there's pretty good potential for both Herb Smith and Cincinnati to kind of take out a nice. I like little, that. I'm talking about deep, deep, deep picks. Yeah, here, but, yeah. You know, Herb Smith and Cincinnati and Hayden Hurst and Carolina are two that um, have certainly been involved in preseason and I think could give you a little more production than where they're getting picked, which is like dead ass last. So right, um, right. There you, you know. go. And then yeah, defense. I you know. I've said, you know, biggest sleepers kind of Washington because they're going pretty late and they are playing Arizona week one. So, boom. <laughs> At least for one week, they're good money. Boom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's our sleeper picks for for our, our, our pre-draft show. Um, lastly, we're going to talk about, give Alex a little bit of uh, leeway here to talk about fantasy league, uh, dynasty leagues, and keeper leagues. So, um, uh, any advice that we really haven't covered here that's, you know, pretty, um, you know, leaning, you know, leaning, you know, I guess you say forward leaning to dynasty leagues and keeper leagues. Yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of uh, kind of covered most of 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 the ideal ideologies going into that type of league. Um, I mean, obviously, it kind of depends on like, you know, I I'm getting into dynasty leagues for the first time this year, so I'm I'm in two, but we like did the initial draft this year, which is obviously a different strategic approach than like just doing the incoming rookies. Um, but if you are, if you are getting into that or like you are in a league that is keepers, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of later rounds. I'm looking for, uh, youth and, uh, potential to like, you know, like Rashawn Johnson, I took him in, I think both dynasty leagues, um, because of the prospect of like, you know, maybe a year from now he blows up, uh, you know, our, our Deuce Vaughn or these other types and that, and those types of leagues, I think that's the most important and most um, you know, crucial thing to be successful is what you're doing in the later rounds. Um, 
you know, especially in dynasty, like what are you doing in the later rounds that sets you up for the future? Like, you know, I listed Michael Thomas and Juju as sleepers, but like, I'm not taking him in a dynasty league because, you know, Michael Thomas is like done, done pretty much. Mm. So like, you know, that's like guys you're taking for maybe one to two years of, of getting anything out of them. Whereas you can take these younger guys, um, you know, and might not get anything out of them now, but they might pop off. You know, if it's a keeper league, they might pop off in the last two weeks and you're like, Oh, well, I'm going to keep them. And this is my 13th round pick next year. But like, in every other league or redraft, he's going like fifth round because of the potential. So, uh, you know, that's, I'd say the biggest component to, to leagues with those types of settings are, you know, added, you know, sprinkles to them. It's like, let's like, you know, obviously looking for value and looking for potential upside, but like, you know, you don't want you know, that value. You know, it's not going to be like Michael Thomas or, or that's just not a smart play in that type of league. Gotcha. Okay. Whatever you have, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. Uh, hopefully, Boom. we helped you helped you out and uh, and get you get you going for these particular drafts that you got encountered this weekend, leading up to that Thursday night game that we're going to get the Lions and the Chiefs while uh, Week One starting off the season. So, hopefully, did you have a successful draft? And like you said, you know, what did Mister Stevens say at the beginning of the show? If you win some money in your daily fantasy leagues or your 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 season long leagues, we need our cut. <laughs> Let me know. I'll give you my Venmo. There you go. I got my PayPal and my and my cash app ready. <laughs> so uh if you're looking for that in between shows uh here's our information um our twitter's our instagram our youtube page and alex has a youtube page is coming soon we're going to we got that in the work so we'll it's get that loading. going and we will definitely get that information to you as well so uh, like i said the real givens on instagram and twitter i'm a lockdown divas on twitter and lockdown divas sports on instagram so hit us up if you have any questions or concerns or, or we need some fantasy advice and we'll be uh get back to you in short order and uh the show uh, the weekly show will debut uh, this coming Wednesday at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. So look out for that right after the Wild Wild West podcast at 7.30. We'll be live and direct to you for about 30 to 40 minutes after that to give you our fantasy week one advice to get you going for week one. So look out for that, and uh, we'll be right back at you next week. And we'll be each and every Wednesday, we'll be live and direct, giving you our best fantasy advice to get you that bag. So for that, for that, for the, that's it. For the real Alex Givens, for Coach Defense, until Wednesday nights, we'll see you when we see you. Yeah. Step good up. luck drafting. Good, definitely good <laughs> may, luck drafting. May the force be with you. <laughs> ah, indeed. Indeed. Until then, we'll see you when we see you. Step up and lock it down. <laughs>